buy something and when you get it home and start unwrapping it and unpackaging it and start to use it, you realize that you actually got more than what you bargained for? I mean, every once in a while that happens. And you're like playing with it and you're like, oh, that does that. Or maybe even you get a new car. And I remember when I got the car I'm driving and started playing with the radio and it's like, oh, check that out. Oh, check that out. And, and you start going through all these things. And then you, maybe you get out the instruction manual and you start realizing that it can do far more than you ever dreamed. Maybe that's, I, I find that all the time with my phone. One of my kids or my wife will be doing something on your, their phone and I'm like, what are you doing? And they'll show me, I'm like, you mean my phone can do that? And they're like, yes. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Now, I can't do it still, but uh, I can always ask them to help me do it, right? But uh, there's so many different things. Like this I learned the other day, and this is not going to be earth-shattering to many of you, but it was to me. You know how you, on your, your smartphone you have that little uh, flashlight you can use? Where you have to flip up the bottom of the screen to get to the flashlight? You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I have like super dry fingers, and I can't get that thing to flip up. And so I'm just constantly, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing. And I realized, somebody pointed this out the other day, that you can just ask Siri to turn on your flashlight. This has revolutionized my life. I just push the button, I say, turn on flashlight. Boom, and it comes on. How many of you knew it could do that? Aren't you glad you came this morning because you're so much more educated now than when you came in? And Siri will turn off your flashlight too, just in case you're wondering there. Um, some of you are going to try it right now, right? So, okay, get it out. Turn on flashlight. You can shine it in my eyes and blind me, whatever you need to do. But you know, as we've been exploring the Lord's Prayer, it's been that kind of experience for me. And I don't know about for you, but I knew things about the Lord's Prayer. For instance, I knew that the prayer had more significance than just to be repeated whenever we wanted to feel spiritual or in some religious setting. I knew that, in fact, it was more important that we learn about the prayer than just repeating it. I got that to start with. And I also got that, you know, that it was an outline to follow and that we could use the Lord's Prayer in that in that way. Uh, as we prayed to, to, to have a kind of a follow along, here's the outline. I knew it was that too. And I even realized that as we'd be studying this, that we'd learn a lot of things about God, just uh, some theological things, because we're talking to God, and as we talk to God, we're going to learn about God. I got all of those things going in. And yet I look at this uh, experience that I've had of going through the Lord's Prayer, and what I totally missed is what I would learn about prayer itself. Now, maybe that sounds strange to you for me to say that, because I've prayed my entire life, and I've gone to, you know heard messages on prayer, and I've read books on prayer, and I've, uh, um, you know, done seminars and all these different things on prayer. But I'm not sure that I was, that I've learned everything about prayer that I needed to learn. And I didn't expect to learn some of the things I'm learning, including what we're going to talk about this morning. And I didn't expect it to be confronted with the fact that I often get prayer wrong. Because I would have said, how do you do a prayer? And I'm like, oh, I'm not the world's greatest prayer, but at least I understand it and I know how to do it. And as I've gone through this, I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure I did understand it and I'm not sure I've gotten this completely right. Because I think sometimes I've missed the approach that Jesus is talking about when he says, when you pray, pray this way. Not pray these words, but pray this way. What does he mean by that? What is the view that we're supposed to have? What is the approach that we're supposed to have? Because I think I have missed it. 
And what really hit me is this week when I looked at this next phrase of the prayer, which says this, give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not remember a single day in my life when I've had to worry about having enough food. I don't remember ever going to bed hungry, at least, you know, where it wasn't my choice. Um, I did some in college, but that's a different story. Um, I've never really been particularly affected by famine or by crop failures or anything else like that. I've never really had to worry about food. And my guess is for the vast majority of people in this room, you've never had to worry about having enough food. As part of living in America, we're in a land of abundance here, and there's so much accessible and available to us. And so we get to a prayer like this, and, and, and Jesus is saying, pray this, give us today our daily bread. And I'm thinking, is that really necessary? Because, I mean, I already have it. And the answer is, yes, it is completely necessary, but maybe not just for the sake of having enough food to eat. Maybe this food is necessary for us because it colors the way that we think and how we approach life. And so there's more to this request, give us this day our daily bread than meets the eye. And there's far more to prayer itself than what we realize. And so I want to go this morning to talk about one of those things that prayer is. But let me start with a little bit of a, uh, going down a little bit of a divergent pathway here, and we'll come back to it at the end. But in counseling or in psychology or even in some meditative religions, there is a concept out there called centering. And the idea of centering is this. When I am emotionally stressed or distraught or distracted, and where I can kind of feel it starting to ramp up, I pause and step back for a minute and find a way to refocus. And where I start to uh, tune out the things that are going on around me, and start to really get more um, aware of what's going on inside me, and where I, I start to discipline my thinking, and so I'm refocused and I'm, and I'm choosing to fix my attention on something different. And it brings things back into perspective or it brings things back into balance. And there's different exercises that you can read that, that help you do this. And to be honest, some of them are really, really weird. But it's this idea that I want us to play with a little bit here of, of when everything's going crazy around you, what do you do to find some equilibrium inside you? Now, we talked about this some when we went through the series back in, in January and February on soul care. But this is, and if this fits in here, but this is actually connected to prayer. And let me demonstrate and, and show you this connection. See, the problem is when when we go to just psychology and say, okay, we're going to practice this centering idea or this refocusing idea, there's a piece that's missing. And the piece that's missing is what I would call the God piece, or if you want to take it a step further, it's actually God's peace that he brings into your situation when you figure out how he's supposed to be a part of that. So one scenario is that I train myself to discipline my thinking this way. A second scenario, though, and a better scenario, is that I start to look 
to God and look for God in the situations in my life where I feel like everything's like going crazy around me. And prayer is a way that we can get spiritually centered or spiritually balanced and get our souls healthy again. And the journey through the Lord's Prayer has really brought me to this place where I'm starting to realize that prayer isn't just about me making requests. It's about me experiencing something in my spirit, in my soul. See, I think a lot of us miss out when we pray, especially when we pray the Lord's Prayer, right? Because most of us can just recite it without even giving any thought to it because we learned it growing up and we've heard in so many different religious situations. We don't get it. And we don't get it even from the standpoint we don't use it very much as as an outline, which we could. But I don't think we get it because there's a benefit to it. And there's a benefit to prayer, not so much in answered prayer, but impact of prayer. And so when I pray, I'm like, God, I need you to answer my prayer. And I see the benefit of my prayer being the answer that I get. And as I look at this phrase this morning, give us the day of daily bread, the benefit of prayer may not be the answer that I get, but for what the benefit may be what that prayer actually does for me and in me. All right? So let's dive into this a little bit, but first let's set the table and just review. This prayer is, is 65, 66 words, very short, very brief. It starts with an invocation, our Father in heaven which reminds us that this is a personal conversation that we have with a personal God who cares about us personally. He's our Father. And so it's an intimate conversation with someone who cares deeply and desperately about us. He's our Father near to us, but who's also in heaven very far from us as far as His nature and His makeup and His greatness and His power and His majesty. And so we can come and we have this intimate connection an internet uh, portal that's open to us that exposes us to this incredible God that we can't get our heads around. And yet, we're praying to Him. But when we pray to Him, Jesus said, you need to make three requests. And these three requests are what I've called the God requests. And the first one is, let your name be hallowed, or let your name be revered. And so when we pray, we need to make this request, which is really a reminder of who God is. So I'm praying, may your name be revered. God, may your power be worshipped. And may we see you as totally trustworthy. Then we pray, may your kingdom come. God, you have a plan. I pray that you would make that plan evident to me and remind me of the fact that you are at work in the world. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, your purposes are bigger and better than anything that I could want. So help me to want what you want. And so I come to prayer and the invocation is our Father in heaven. But these requests remind me of who I am that I'm talking to. And remind me of the process of prayer. And it's not just me getting my requests and having them happen, but it's me connecting with God who's up to something. And it's, it's, it's God moving me into his plan. So I'm not trying to get God to do what I want. God's moving me to want what he wants. And then we switch halfway through this prayer 
from our God focus to a self focus. We're not praying these things for God, may your, you know, your kingdom come or may your will be done. But I'm starting to pray things for myself. And we get to this first prayer request, and that is, give us today our daily bread. And so we move into this personal request. But I'm not so sure that it's meant to be a request as much as it's meant to be a response. So when I understand the greatness of God's name, And when I understand the work of his kingdom, when I understand the wisdom of his will, my response is to say, well then, give me this day my daily bread. Bring everything on this level down to this level where I live. So maybe not as much a request as a response, and maybe not so much a uh, request as a reminder so when I actually pray, give us today our daily bread, I am actually praying a reminder into my story. Here's what's something that I need to remember. Now, there's some debate. Well, let's just look at this uh, phrase here a little bit. Give us this day our daily bread. Seven words. What does it mean? Well, bread, first of all, let me just point that out. It's talking about our daily provisions, not just bread. It's, it's anything that we eat. It's the, it's the clothes that we wear. It's the shelter that we have. It's, it's the way that we're provided for. So this prayer is meant to be, give us today what we need to live today. But what's interesting, I think, in this prayer is there's that phrase there daily. Give us today our daily bread. It sounds a little redundant, doesn't it? That word daily in the Greek language only appears twice in the New Testament. It appears in this verse, and it appears in the Luke chapter 11 version of the Lord's Prayer, in in the corresponding verse. So we only see this phrase in the Lord's Prayer in the New Testament. And translators have been unable to go back even into the the ancient languages to discern what this word means. So we have this word that's stuck there. Nobody really knows what it means, and so they've translated it daily. That's their best guess looking at uh, at the context. But it could mean a couple other things. It could mean, give us today our daily bread. Some have said, give us today our day-to-day bread, so it's a continual thing. Some have said, give us today our needful bread. Some have even said, give us today our spiritual bread. And they would say that, so it's parallel with the other two requests. Give us our spiritual bread. Give us, help us to forgive. Deliver us from temptation. Or it could be seen this way, and I would lean to this last one. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our physical needs. Help us with forgiveness. We'll talk about that next week. That's our relationship needs. Lead us not into temptation two weeks from now. That's our spiritual needs. But that all brings us back to whatever it means. It is a prayer for us to say, God, we have needs, and we're looking to you to meet those needs. And it's not just a request that God meets those needs. It's a reminder of who God is and what he's about in our story. And so let's look at seven things this morning here that are that this um, prayer, and especially this phrase, reminds us of. First of all, it reminds us that we are truly and totally dependent upon God. 
You and I are completely dependent upon God. In fact, the breath that we breathe, we breathe it because God has decreed that we breathe it. He breathed in man the breath of life, and ever since, every breath that we take, we are dependent upon God. And we're often reminded, aren't we, of how frail and fragile life is. But this gift of life we have because God has given it. But everything that we have in life, we have because God makes it so. And so when we say, give us this day our daily bread, it's a declaration of dependence. Sometimes we forget how dependent we are on God because we have our job and we look to the, as our job as our source. But the reason that you have a job is because God's given you the mental or physical or relational capacities to hold that job. And if you've ever lost a job, you realize how quickly that can be taken away from you. And if you lose a job, how quickly your financial means can be taken away from you. And how quickly we can get to the place where we're saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have my needs met. But even that ability to work is because God gives it to us. The house that you have is a gift. You can lose it. The health that we have is a gift. And as we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are declaring, God, everything I have, I have because of you, not because I'm deserving it, not because I've earned it, any of those things. I have this because of you, and that's who and what I am depending on. Most of us get too self-dependent, don't we? We go through life. I got this. You know, it's like with little kids, right? I do it. And you're standing there as a parent, you're like, oh, I could do this so much, you know, help you, and you could be done with that. But no, 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 I do this. But we look at God sometimes like, I want to help you. And I'm like, no, I got this. And God's like, oh, no, you don't. But because I'm a kind and gracious God, I'm going to go ahead and let you. But we are completely 100% dependent on God. He is our source of everything that we enjoy. And so when we pray this prayer, it reminds us today of the fact that what I have, what I'm wearing, what I've had to eat, how I can think, what I drove to get here, the French, all of these things come from God. And it's my declaration. Secondly, it's a reminder that everything that we enjoy, even our food, has been given as a gift from God. I just said that it's not something that we earn or that we deserve. It's that God looks down and says, I love you. And I'm going to give this to you. There's not one thing that you have that's good in your life that isn't a gift. And we've sung about God's goodness a lot this morning. It's a gift from God and it reflects his goodness. Have you thought about all of the good things that you have in your story? Just the fact that you could go to your cupboard and open up the cupboard and have a variety of choices this morning. It's part of God's goodness. You can go out to eat today after that, and they're going to hand you a menu with all of these choices. And it's a reflection of God's goodness and, and God's giving nature. And so when I pray, give us this day your daily bread, there's a little bit of an assumption in there that God will give that, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there's a reminder to us that what he gives is good and generous and kind. And so it's a way for me to say I am favored and I can declare in humility that everything I have comes from God and it's good. Well, let's keep going here. It reminds us also that the daily details and needs of my life matter to God. 
The daily details and needs of my life matter to God. And bread is representative of my daily needs. Of my physical needs. And God is tuned into those. It's interesting to me. I've always found this interesting, at least. When we talk about the, the different miracles of Christ, one of the, in fact, the one that shows up in all four Gospels is, other than the resurrection, is what? The feeding of the 5,000. But the feeding of the 5,000, I often look at that and go, well, what's really the point of that? I mean, sure, Jesus fed them, but the next day they got hungry again, right? And so I'm thinking, well, I mean, it's kind of cool that he did that, but I don't understand the big point of that. And then later on, we actually see him repeat that miracle, and we have the feeding of the 4,000. And so we have these miracles that did nothing except feed people. And, and sure, they taught us about God, but what did they teach us about God? We have a God who cares about our physical needs. You're hungry? God cares. You're, Jesus, you're all sitting here listening to me, you haven't a chance to eat, you know what, I care about that. I'm going to make sure that you get fed before you go home. And so when I pray, give us this day our daily bread, it's a reminder that I have a God who cares about whether or not I eat that day and what I eat. And so it's a reminder to us that God cares about every need that I have, spiritually and physical. He cares about my soul, yes, but he also cares about my body. Whatever the need is. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? In fact, if you look at Matthew 6, it says it twice in this passage, here with the Lord's Prayer uh, in the introduction and then later on in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, God already knows what you need. God, he knows, he knows, he knows. So when we pray, give us the standard daily bread, it's not to say, God, guess what? I need bread. He already knows that we need bread. Or to say, God, I need some money for this situation. Or God, I need some wisdom as I make this decision. He already knows that we need all these things. So when we pray, what we're doing is we're declaring what? That yes, God, you care about this. And I'm grabbing on to that concept and that promise that yes you care give us this day our daily bread god you are the god of physical bread you care that much about me and so when i pray that i remind myself of that i also remind myself to do this that we need to live in the day this is different for us because our context is is foreign to to the context where Jesus would have given this. But in the day when he he made this statement, most of the workers, if you weren't self-employed, you would go and you would find somebody to work for, but usually on a day-by-day basis. Uh, So you would, if you would go to the farmers and, hey, do you need anything picked today? Or you need your livestock cared for today? And people would actually make their living from day to day. Now, that sounds like a horrible way to live, right? And yet this is what the context was at that time. But it's taking us there in that instruction to be okay with that. To be okay with living today and then living the next day and then living the next day and then living the next day. But what most of us do is we live today and simultaneously try to live tomorrow. Or simultaneously try to live yesterday. And so we have our regrets of what I didn't do or what I said that I shouldn't have said or 
or, or, or the opportunity that I walked away from or the sin that I committed, and we start living in yesterday, or we look ahead at all the things that are coming up that are just overwhelming me and stressing me, and I keep going there and worrying about what I'm going to do. And what this does is it reminds us to live in the day that we have. When God created the world, he also created this concept of day, didn't he? And on the first day, God created. On the second day, God created. On the third day, God created. And there's power in this concept of day. And one of the things that the Bible makes incredibly clear is the fact that we need to live in the day. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but we need to live in today. And so when I pray, give us today our daily bread, I am saying, God, help me to stay in this day. In the Old Testament, as the Jews came up out of Egypt, and they were in the wilderness, and they didn't have food, and they cried out to God, are we going to starve to death? He says, no, I'm going to take care of you. And he gives them manna. But what was the rule with manna? You can pick up today what you need for today. Don't try to pick up for tomorrow. And if you do, you're going to be very sorry that you did, because you're going to look in the bowl in the morning, and you're not going to like what you see in that bowl. And it's this manna idea today, just today. Do you have what you need for today? And so many times we can become distraught over needs that we have in the future. And God's like, but do you have what you need today? And so when I say give me today my daily bread, it's this idea to stay in the day. Because that's where God provides our needs. It also reminds us of this, that how we start our day is important. You can say this, or it's important that we start every day right. This is a prayer that's really a morning prayer. Because what we're doing is we're saying, God, today, this day that I'm facing, please give me what I need. Please give me the food I need. Please give me the wisdom I need. Please give me the strength I need. Please give me the grace I need. Please give me whatever I need for whatever it is that's in my day here. And so we come, and it's a declaration at the beginning that, God, if I don't have your help, this day is not going to go like it could go. But I realize that you're a God who's already at the other end of today. You're eternal. You're, you're there waiting for me in a sense. And so I'm coming to you as I begin to say, God, help me to be in line with, on track with, on board with where you're going in this day. So give me what I need as far as physically. Give me what I need even, you know, relationally. Give me what I need spiritually. Give me what I need. Whatever the need that you have to say at the very beginning, God, help me here before I get going any further. It's also a reminder that enough needs to be enough. And I think this is something as living in the Western world, with living with incredible abundance, that we lose track of and sight of pretty easily. We have enough, but we've defined something that's far more than enough as our enough. And so I end up praying a lot of times, God, give me what I need, But what I need is really not what I need. It's really what I want. And this prayer takes me back to what is it that I need. There's a lot of things in our lives that we could do without and we'd be just fine. 
And yet we can get ourselves really burdened and, and weighed down by those things because we see them as such necessities. And this prayer takes us back to that point to say, God, help me remember what's important and what's not, what's necessary and what's just you know, fringe benefits or extra. You know, my, my daughter spent um, time in Africa uh, for the for the first semester of this past year. And she said that every day they had some version of rice and beans to eat. That sounds not very fun to me. But what's the point? Rice and beans is enough. She didn't starve to death. She said at first, you know, the bugs would fly into it and they'd pick them out. And then she said afterwards, we just left them in there because it made it more crunchy. But, uh, you know, that's the variety is what bugs, but, but the whole thing, and we had a lot of conversations about, wow, we don't have to have all this stuff that we think we need to have. To have what we need. And this prayer is a reminder to all of us to back it down a little bit, to stop chasing after these things that really aren't that important. Uh, to make do with less. It's interesting even in this prayer, isn't it, that it says, give us this day our daily bread. This is a, this is a corporate prayer. The whole Lord's Prayer is a corporate prayer. But it's a reminder that I'm not just praying for my own needs. I'm praying for the needs of people around me. But as I look at the abundance that I have in my life, and I realize that there are others around me who may not have that abundance, that we're backing up into last week where I have to be willing to be the answer to the prayer, Right? When I say, give us this day our daily bread, I look at all of my abundance and say, you know what, there's some who don't have enough, so I'm going to back off for mine, and I'm going to share with those around me. And we have incredible opportunities even in our world to do that, don't we? Where we can share our abundance with other people. And when we get to a level where we live with too much, where we don't even say I'm dependent on God anymore, maybe we're living at a level that's beyond where we should be living. It's at least something that we need to consider and weigh out here. And so it reminds us that enough needs to be enough. And finally, it reminds us that the fact that I'm asking today means that God cared for me yesterday. The fact that you're here today means God met your need yesterday. And the day before that, and the day before that, and the day before that, and the day before that. And if he's met your needs up to this point, it should give us confidence that he's going to continue to meet our needs. And so when I pray, give us this day our daily bread, what I'm saying is, God, I can trust you. Because all this past week or all this past month, this past year, you have continued to meet my needs day by day. And so it's an expression of trust. God, I know you got this because you've done it for me before. So we can look at this request this morning as a request. Or we can look at this request as an opportunity to remember. And as we remember, here's what happens. And I'm going all the way back to where we started here this morning. It's that centering thing. Where I get stressed out by what I don't have, or I get stressed out about what's coming tomorrow, or, or I'm upset about this, or this has me distracted, and I've got all these things swirling around me. Here's a simple prayer that you can pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Remind me, God, 
that you care about me physically. Remind me, God, to live in this day and in this moment. Remind me, God, that you've taken care of me in the past and you'll continue to take care of me. Remind me, God, of all the abundance that I have. Remind me, God, of all of these things. And as I remind myself of this through this simple prayer, all of this stuff starts to slow down. And all this stuff that's all whopper-jawed and out of balance all of a sudden starts to get in balance again. And this is what I'm learning about prayer. It's not just the requests that I offer and the answers that I get. It's what prayer actually does to me and for me. Because I can pray, God, give me this day or daily bread. And if he never gives me anything, and he will, it's still going to benefit me in being reminded of who God is and what he's about in our stories. So let's get this really practical. What do we do with this? We've been talking about prayer now. This is the fourth week. And the idea is that we live it. And so I would challenge you this week. In fact, it's interesting, the whole Sermon on the Mount where this, where this prayer is located finishes with the story of two builders. They're both here and one listens and obeys and the other one doesn't and the storms come. And so there's a challenge at the end of this to put it into practice. So this is what I'd like to encourage you to do about putting it into practice. It's simply this. It's getting up every single morning this week and offering this prayer. First thing you do when your feet hit the floor or when your knees hit the floor is to say, God, give me today my daily bread. Now you can expand on that. And if you did, maybe it would sound something like this. Father, thank you for the gift of a new day. And that's a gift, isn't it? I ask that you might help me live it well by living squarely in it, aware of the moment and aware of your presence. I ask that you provide everything I need to face the demands of today. And I rest in the assurance that you will. Thank you for grace and for the grace that I have experienced each and every day of my life. Thank you for the good you have consistently brought my way. You know my needs, those I mention and those I don't. And you have the wherewithal to meet them. So I give them to you and I step back. Please help me to be content with what I have and what I receive. And help me not to waste energy pursuing things that don't really matter. Help me to live in today, not ruining the past or fretting about the future. May today's manna remind me that there will be manna tomorrow. And Father, please help me to trust you always. Thanks for going before me. I'm following you. Amen. So what has changed about your prayer life? would be one question. But the second question this morning is, how has your prayer life changed you? 